We do look at films. <laughs> you wonder sometimes, though, don't you? Like, what the hell are these guys doing? You sound like my wife now. Welcome to Spoko Radio, presented by Black Card Gold Pants, SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC, with me as always. I just spent a nice weekend in Jersey with him. It's Jerry Sherwin. Jerry, how are you? Oh, I'm doing absolutely wonderful. The beard's coming in nice. The Iowa Hawkeyes are back on track, and we're about to go on a big time run, baby. If you follow Jerry on Twitter, you know he is all fully buying into taking the West. Back in! Also with us, it's the people's champ, David Johnson. Champ, how are you? Well, I'm not as optimistic as our boy Jerome here, but I'm pleasantly happy with the Iowa win, and hopefully they can get on a nice run. But I'm not counting on it like Jerome is. No one is ever as optimistic as our as our good buddy Jer here. All right, guys. Uh, reminder to subscribe to the show wherever you guys get your podcasts. We are everywhere. If you're on Apple Podcasts, drop us a review. Drop us a five-star rating. Share this with your friends. Tell your friends to tell a friend. If you're at a game, at a tailgate, drop the drop the Blackheart Gold Pants podcast feed on the speakers. Who? I mean, have some fun with it. Get us, get us. We have great g- voices for our tailgate. Exactly, we are just right there with you during games. Follow us on Twitter at bhgp. Champ is at shy people's champ. Jerry is at Jerry Sherwin, and I am at Dave Cray. We've got a voicemail line two two four six six one zero nine zero nine. We need way more people to start calling this voicemail line. Do I can put up a good montage of voicemails? So again, leave it. Leave voicemails during the game. Big Ten wise. Iowa wise two two four six six one zero nine zero nine. We get some texts to there that are it feels like more like a therapy line to some people sometimes. But we want some voicemails. Give us give us some voicemails so we can all enjoy and kind of be angry about Iowa's offense together. Or you could just be super positive like me and sharing the things that I give you every single week. If there's other people out there like me, I would like you to call the line and tell me your optimistic takes for the rest of the season. Because right now, Iowa has a chance to get back into this Big Ten West race, and I feel like I'm on an island. If you do leave a voicemail of positivity, Jerry will not be on that island alone. He will have some special guests with him that can share in his optimism. So leave those voicemails so he can have that. And if you leave a voicemail, leave your Twitter handle so Jerry knows who he can talk to on a daily basis about his Iowa positivity. I'm not afraid to slide in someone's DMs and talk positivity. (laughs) The number is 224-661-0909. Guys, figure we'll kick things off with a fun question and we saw saw kind of bounce around on twitter this weekend a a person on twitter dhouse 77 put together a quote unquote interesting nfl team out of all iowa players uh quickly running through the offense he has cj bethard uh akram wally even though he's not bethard bethard uh riley reef brian balaga marshall yanda brandon scherf james daniels and the skill rest of the skill players are all tight ends george kittle noah fant and tj hawkinson the defense, Adrian Claiborne, Mike Daniels are the defensive ends. Carl Davis and Jaleel Johnson at the tackles. 
Your linebacking core is Anthony Hitchens, Josie Jewell, and Christian Kirksey. And your secondary is Imani Hooker, Mike, Micah Hyde, Josh Jackson, and Desmond King. My question to you two guys to kick the show off. This, he said this, this team would be interesting, not good. Do you guys think this team, what do you think this team would go in an NFL season? What's their record? Jay, let's start with you. Um, the defense would definitely keep them in games, 100%. I think they'd be able to run the football. C.J. Beathard probably is able to work some tight ends. It honestly depends on who the coach is. Like, if we're having, like... Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz is now our NFL coach of the Iowa Hawkeye football team. Yes. Mm. That doesn't give me much confidence right now. So I would say that they're probably only going to be, like, a three or four win team, knowing, like, there's some pretty <laughs> shitty NFL teams in the league right now. Like, they could beat Miami. They could beat the Washington Redskins. They should probably be able to beat... Maybe if they played the Lions twice, they beat the Lions. There's a lot of Lions players that would end up coming on our team that they would need. So I'm going to say four wins for the Iowa Hawkeye NFL football team. Champ, what do you say? I, if Especially if Brian Ferentz is coaching this team, they might go winless, honestly, <laughs> with this roster. I mean, I'll optimistically say they're a two- or three-win team. That D-line, you're talking about how the defense would be a, a strong point of that team. They would get run all over that defensive line. I mean, the D tackles are Johnson. I mean, he's does he even play in the NFL? No. I mean, I I don't like that D line at all. The offensive what? line would be the offensive line would be a strength, but they don't. Ha- I mean, Akram Wadley isn't even in the NFL, so they wouldn't have an NFL running back running behind that offensive line. The tight ends are damn good. They have no skill position wideouts on that team. So, yeah, I, I see that as like a one or two win team. And, and if Brian's coaching, they probably go. All right, take this. the Brian Ferentz out. Let's just say they have a, a, an average NFL coach as their head coach. So Let's just that, pretend Sean Payton's their coach. Sure. Because okay, he just well, beat the shit out of the Bears this week. Sean He's, Payton's their coach. I could think of them being innovative with those tight ends and doing some sort of, you know, some cool plays on offense. And then maybe they're a three or four win team. So, yeah, I'll say three wins. They're a three win team, that roster. I'm bumping it an extra win to five wins. And, Champ, I think you're really sleeping on the Iowa defensive line. Adrian Claiborne, they have Carl Davis, they have Jaleel Johnson, they have Anthony Nelson. That's four right there. There's probably one or yeah, two more. Carl Davis and Jaleel Johnson in the middle are not going to stop anybody's yeah, game. Yeah, but guess what? It's just going to be just like Iowa. You plug and put a hat on the hat, and then you have the really decent line or linebackers that Iowa's put into the league right behind them filling in those holes. It's the same concept. In the secondary, that plays the run very well. The secondary would be a strength. The secondary Micah, and Dez. the offensive line would be a strength. I'm really sure. trying to figure out how and I can would get have, all seven of the back seven, so the linebackers and secondary guys all playing in the same formation. Yeah, you'd Sean play, Payton Cash. You'd play Cash. You'd play um, Armani. Josh Jackson. Adam, no, I'm pl- I want to play all four uh, of these guys, though. You could probably do that with like a Christian Kirksey, and you'll probably be fine. Maybe you could play Micah Hyde on offense. He could be like a wide receiver for your offense. I mean, that that onside kick return that he had yesterday was pretty incredible. He already kind of looks like Johnny Knox did. He probably plays better than that bomb, too. You liked Johnny Knox back in the day. That's rude. No, bomb. (laughs) Wow. And I think if it's, a, if it's a coach like Sean Payton, that offense could actually be kind of fun because those tight ends are pretty interchangeable to, to put outside of, as wide receivers. Even make an exception to get Nick Easley on this roster. You have a wide receiver you can play with. 
I mean, he already made an exception for Ockram Wadley, so yeah. Apparently, James Butler is on the Oakland Raiders. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he is. He's on the pre- he was on the practice. So I don't know if he got to the uh, fifty-three man yet, but so, yeah. counts as the NFL though. It's crazy that he's an NFL roster and Ackerman Wadley isn't. Too yeah, small. That is, that is pretty nuts. Would this offense be better than the current Iowa offense? No shot. Uh, yes, because they have three very – I mean, they have, an all, first of all, an NFL all-pro tight end in George Kittle. And then you have TJ Hawkinson, who's becoming very good already as a rookie. Noah Faint, you can split out at wide out because he's so big and he's got the speed. Overrated. I think they would be better. I mean, Akram Wadley is better than any running back. Eh, Goodson and Wadley are very similar, so that's probably a wash. But the offensive line is elite. I mean – James Daniels is probably a backup for this unit. I mean, and J- if you put James Daniels back on Iowa this year, he's their best offensive lineman in the interior without question. No, that's true. And he, you know, the one thing that this, this compared to the current Iowa team, they'd be able to probably run the ball out of, out of jumbo sets. Yeah, Brandon Scherf is one of the best run blockers I've seen at the collegiate level ever. And he, I mean, he's continuing it in the NFL. Marshall Yonda has been like the best overall lineman for like it feels like twenty years at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's. I think he's been like a first team All Pro like three or four times. I forget what list it was the other day, DC. But you and I even said it. They forgot the bet. There was a list of like the best. It was linemen the number of conference. linemen that I that Kirk Ferentz has gotten drafted in the first round, and we were both like, "Well, where's Marshall Yonda?" But we forgot he was a third round draft pick, not a first round draft. Pick. Yeah. He's so great, though, that, like, the fact that any list of Iowa linemen doesn't mention him, it, like, pisses me off. I mean, he's pretty much Lamar Jackson's lead blocker all day yesterday, just creating (laughs) holes for Lamar. He's a damn – and he's, like, in his mid-30s now, and he's still just dominating. All you you have to do is go to Robert Mays' Twitter, and it's a Marshall Yonda, like, appreciation thread. Every single weekend, there's something about how well Marshall Yonda plays. See, the Marshall Yonda lover just with us and Bears just wanting to kill ourselves. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, we're not talking about them. <laughs> All right, well let's get let's get into the week or the season that is actual Big Ten football. We had another another good week. Iowa pulls off a nice win versus Purdue. Keep get back in the win column in Wisconsin, Illinois. Lovey Smith helping us out again and upsetting Wisconsin. So. A lot of things are going on across the Big Ten, and figured the a way we would talk about it this week is let's put some percentages. So I've got 11 questions total here about Iowa and the Big Ten overall, and I want your percent chances that you think these things happen. Sound good? Beautiful. Sounds great. Okay. Let's kick things off. I think something very near and dear to Iowa Twitter lately with the way the offense is playing, but... Any the percent chance that there are any coaching turnover with the Hawkeyes at the end of this season? Champ, we'll start with you. I'm gonna say that is a 75 percent chance. I think what somebody on the offensive side of the ball is gonna lose their job. We talked about it last week. I think it's gonna be Tim Polisek. I don't think the offensive line is playing to their capabilities right now, and I think he's gonna fall on the sword, even though it should be Brian Ferentz. It's going to end up being Tim Polisek, so I would say there's a 75% shot that there is a turnover with the Iowa coaching staff. Okay, that's interesting. Jerry, what do you say? So uh, that gives me pause, champ. Nor- last week I would have been with you 100%, but this week, and granted I know Purdue is not 
does not have the type of talent that we saw against Penn State and Michigan, but we're also not going to see that same type of talent defensively moving forward really either. Yes, Wisconsin's good, but I don't think they're at the same level as those two teams we played. You don't so, think Nebraska is in the same level as those two teams? <laughs> they are who we actually thought they were, not the rest of the media that's just throwing out hot takes about Nebraska. Champ yeah, couldn't finish that sentence without laughing. I mean, I literally couldn't. <laughs> it's absurd. But, no, I think Iowa had a – they kind of solidified their line this week. I expect them to solidify it again this week against Northwestern, which should be a nice, easy game for them to get into a rhythm. Get, remember, they had to fill people back in. Alaric Jackson's now fresh. What was that look for? I mean, Northwestern's never been an easy game. Northwestern's going to be an true. easy game this week. This, is, this isn't this is even a question. Okay. Do, don't forget that I'm going to that game. So oh, great. It is, We're going to lose. It is the champ jinx. So Even the champ jinx that. isn't good enough or strong enough for this game. I was going to shit on Northwestern. I really hope you're correct. But I am. I'm 100% correct. Go ahead and book it. Any single bet you want to throw out there to me, go ahead and send it. There's no chance you, that we're going to lose Are you reimbursing losses? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so what's your percentage, big boy? Right now, I'm going to say I'm going to say a two percent chance because I do 2%. think the line. Oh, I think the line is getting better and solidifying themselves, and that's the only guy that I think would get fired. Brian's not going anywhere. Kirk's not going anywhere. Phil's not going anywhere. That's all. I Gerald, do what you- if Phil gets a job as a head coach? If his defense has been that good, what if he gets offered a head coaching job somewhere? You two percent is too low. I mean, I'm thinking of, like, the main guys. I'll do you one better, Jerry. Well, it's, Phil Parker's a main guy. I'll do you one better, Jerry. It's 0%. There you go, DC. It, Thank wow, you. You guys are both insane. It is 0%. I, I mean, champ, Phil Parker's had to have had countless opportunities to leave at this point, and he hasn't. I mean. He's literally been here since 99. Right. If it's not now, it's not. he's never going to leave. And I and I just well, feel like if you look at statistically, I was on this, I was on Twitter on Sunday morning saying this. This is statistically the most productive by terms of yards per game that the Iowa offense has been in over ten years. Yeah, that's garbage. I don't give a fuck what the statistics. So, say. but I and I understand that stats can can tell a false lie. And if you look at just conference play, it's a very different story. Is a false lie a truth? Maybe it's a it's a double negative, so t- that doesn't make it a positive, right? That's what I'm saying. So you, you can, the stats okay. are telling you the can truth. Spin, you can spin stats to say anything you want them to say. So, but I, I think like Iowa and Kirk will lean on the fact that, oh, like, to look at these at the overall body of work and say, "Hey, the offense was actually really good." And if you want it to be better, like it's this is as good as Iowa's been. I don't think there's any stats in the world that fucking matter at the end of this season. The only thing that's going to matter is that the Hawkeyes go 10-2 and two and make it back to Indianapolis. Because that, that's what's going to happen. So why is there going to be any turnover? Everybody's going to come back and just everything's going to be the same as it's always been. Kirk and Brian, Phil, and whoever else on the defensive side of the football, just keep on coming through, baby. Another top 10 defense on the way, and we're going to have a new type of offense with a new, brand new quarterback. All right. We'll see. All right, let's go to the Big Ten overall here. Percent chance that J.K. Dobbins leads finish the season as the Big Ten leader in rushing. He's currently 10 yards behind Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jerry, we'll start with you. I think this is, this is a 53% chance 
only because I see Ohio State blowing out more teams to finish the season than Wisconsin's got coming up. I think Wisconsin's going to have to probably throw a little bit more. Jonathan Taylor, teams are just completely honing in on stopping him and making the quarterback beat them as they should have done all season long. So I don't think that yards per carry is going to be as high as J.K. Dobbins when you have to play in Ohio State and account for every single aspect of that team. So I think Taylor still gets his, but I think Dobbins at the end of the season still going to end up having that that uh, that better statistic okay champ what do you say i actually say it's a 41 percent chance i think for one of the reasons you said i think ohio state is going to blow out a lot of teams so that therefore jk dobbins is going to be sitting a lot of fourth quarters and maybe even some third quarters and like the rutgers game for example ohio state is going to absolutely obliterate rutgers they're not going to play any other starters in the second half so that means Dobbins probably only gets 90 to 120 yards that game. And Jonathan Taylor is Wisconsin's entire offense. They pound the ball to him numerous times a game. They're not going to be blowing out as many teams. Their schedule gets a little tougher now in the second half, even though they did just lose to Illinois. So we can't say uh, it was such an easy schedule first half. But, uh, yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor gets more yardage. I think he ends the season as your Big Ten rushing leader. I tend to agree with champ i'm gonna go he's like it's a 35 percent chance i just think jonathan taylor is a bigger part of the wisconsin offense than what jk dobbins needs to be for the ohio state offense to succeed i think jerry you said yourself ohio state's stacked everywhere they can attack from many mm-hmm. different facets champ you also brought the point if they're blowing teams out like rutgers they're not going to risk those guys getting hurt in those games to just milk the clock and that factory that is Ohio State can just put in backups who are just ultimately as good as the starters. So I, to me, I think it's Jonathan Taylor just because it's more of a need base. So I'll say it's 35% chance. Here's the thing that I'm going to look at big time this weekend for the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. I think Ohio State's going to try to put the ball in Dobbins' hands just to get him the praise and to have him jump. Jonathan Taylor. I think that they're probably tired of him not getting the type of credit that Jonathan Taylor does, knowing full well that he's just as talented, if not more. But that's one game. Yeah, so, okay, he gets 100 more yards in this game, and then it's off to the races. I have a question for you guys. Does, I don't know the answer to this, so this is why I'm asking, does a potential Big Ten championship game count towards the rushing statistics for the regular season? I don't think so. Oh, wait, for the regular season? No, I don't think so. So if this is just a regular season question, because, I mean, it's not a guarantee, but it's looking very, very likely that Ohio State is going to represent the East in the Big Ten Championship. So they if it st- didn't, I mean, they, they still do have to play Penn State. I understand that. But it, it looks very much like they're going to be representing. And if that does, if it is included, then he gets that extra game that Jonathan Taylor may or may not get. Quick, quick Ohio State note. Someone on Twitter has their own like spreadsheet where they figure out, they put a bunch of stats and they figure out what the line would be for two different opponents. They did Ohio State Rutgers. Ohio State was a 50 and a half point favorite with the over under being 53 and a half. Yeah, that's pretty. That's basically like what happened against Northwestern this week. I think the over/under was fifty and a half, and they scored fifty-two of the fifty-five points themselves. So, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be. It, I, mean, I was actually, I was actually with our resident Ohio State, you know, voice this week, and uh, <laughs> we were talking about what the line potentially could be against Rutgers, and we predicted that yeah, it's probably somewhere in the high forties, and that's 
it's very disgusting if you're a Rutgers football team. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's go back to Iowa. The percent chances that Keith Duncan wins the Lou Groza, Graza Award. Uh, Champ, we'll start with you. A hundred percent chance. The guy is the best kicker in college football. He gets so many chances to kick the ball because our offense can't <laughs> score touchdowns. Of course. I mean, he can't. The guys miss one field goal all year. He has the leg. I mean, he's. I think it's a shoe win that he wins the Lou Groza Award this year. Give it to Keith, our team MVP, baby. Jerry, what do you say? One trillion percent chance. Keith Duncan leads the country with 17 field goals made. He's 17 for 19, as Champ, you already mentioned. 16 for 16 on point after touchdown attempts. And he leads the team and ranks second in the Big Ten, 10th in the country in scoring with 67 points. He, and there's still so many games left for him to play and the kick in. As you mentioned, Champ, he's probably going to need to be utilized yeah, again. Is he, is he the only kicker in college football that has more field goals made than extra points made? Probably. probably. We can try to look that up I mean, while, we're, while we're going here. Uh, I, I guarantee he is. 17 field goals and 16 extra points. There can't be anybody that has more field goals than extra points. I'm, I'm pulling – I have the stats page on ESPN. I'm pulling it up real quick. But I will also say it's probably – I'm going to get to the 95% chance that he wins this award just based on the on utilization alone. Uh, so he has 17 field goals made, more than uh, – wait, what was the question again? Sorry. Uh- 100% he, he yeah. Uh, if, the, a, if anybody has more field goals made than extra points made. There's a couple guys that are tied, but yeah, the, he's the only one. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say, he had to be. Yeah. And for that, I mean, it, it's going to be, it's a numbers game. I, I'm very curious because usually kickers are the leading scorers on football teams for whatever reason. Who is first in the Big Ten in scoring? I know, Jerry, you read those off the game notes, so you probably don't have it. But who's leading the country in scoring? Or leading the Big Ten in scoring, it's not a kicker. It's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. <sighs> probably. He's got, I mean, he probably has between 12 and 15 touchdowns himself. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor has 15 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, then he has like 20 touchdowns because he has at least three or four receiving. Hold on, hold on. Absolute Jonathan Taylor also animal. has four receiving. So, yes, four but receiving he, touchdowns. So here's what I, here's what I don't get. How is I don't I don't get how that how that stat works. Because 114 19, points for Jonathan Taylor. 19 times six, yeah, he gets six points for. No, I get that, then but f- then like Justin Fields has 22 touchdown passes. Yeah, but they don't count the passes. Mm-hmm. It's only if you actually score the touchdown. Correct. Okay. Yeah, the pat the the passes don't count, or else then yeah, the quarterbacks would always lead. So it's scoring touchdowns. So Jonathan Taylor has 19 touchdowns, and Iowa has 16 as a team. That should tell you enough right there about the offense. Yep. It's going to get better. <laughs> All right. Let's build right <laughs> on that. That's a funny. It's a good transition. Nate Stanley, the current Big Ten passing leader, will finish the season as the Big Ten passing leader. Jerry, what do you say? Yeah, uh, 100%. Nate Stanley, I tweeted about it today, and this is, might have been one of my most liked and retweeted tweet I've ever put out there, but I truly believe that Nate Stanley is about to go, as I said earlier, quote-unquote, Super Saiyan on the rest of the Big Ten. I think Stanley's going to have three or more touchdowns the rest of the games on this schedule. So you, This is going to be the finish to his Mona Lisa. This is going to be his final woodshed moment against Wisconsin. This. What do you mean it, final? What other moments has he had? 
Uh, I just said Lisa, the woodshedding in Ohio he's State. He had painting a, on a side of a building. He doesn't have a Mona Lisa. <laughs> what are you I kidding mean, me? First of all, champ, I don't really think that you're the type of guy to kind of look at something and be like, that's a beautiful piece of art. I mean, I'm not. That is probably true. You're right. right. So whether it's that. on the side of a building, the world is your canvas when you're an artist like Nate Stanley. So the Big Ten, the rest of the season, Nate's going to come out firing. The offense is going to start clicking. They're going to run the football as they're supposed to, 100 yards a game. And then Amir Smith-Marset. Amir Smith-Marset liked my tweet, by the way. So you don't think that those guys don't believe that that's going to happen? This shit's happening. I wouldn't publicize that. He might get fined. He might get suspended for that. He's not getting suspended. Brandon, <laughs> they can't afford to lose him. Oh, jeez. Jerry's getting, getting wide receivers suspended for outing their Twitter usage in the season. You could probably like shit. You probably just can't comment back. You probably can't actually tweet. You could just like like and retweet things. <laughs> I mean, so there was something I was going to ask you for as a follow-up there, Jerry, but I forget what it was because you just kept passionately defending your point here. So, Champ, what do you say? Uh, I <laughs> That's will how you put win. this at a 33% chance. Um, I think Sean Clifford is going to lead the Big Ten in passing this year. He's currently second. And I actually think Justin Fields is going to end up jumping Nate Stanley as well. Uh, he's a little bit down the That's list right go. now. But uh, those are two guys I think that are going to finish higher uh, in the passing yardage numbers. So I'll give them a 33% chance. Oh, here's what I was going to ask you. Jerry, you don't believe the conspiracy theory that the Iowa offense is intentionally not trying to score touchdowns to preserve Chuck Long's touchdown record? I saw that. No, I don't believe that conspiracy theory at all. That's bullshit. <laughs> He's got a lot of work to do, though. You need 14 more to beat it, Nate. But let's see. Three, six, nine, twelve. So basically, at Nebraska game, he's beating that record. At the way Nebraska is going, he might break it very easily. Um, he's yeah, throwing five touchdowns against Wisconsin. I'm telling you guys. Okay, we'll see about that. I will say the question in terms of passing passing leader. I'm gonna say he's got a sixty percent chance of doing it. I think he's the senior quarterback, he's obviously going to be throwing the ball a lot. He's putting up a lot of yards as is. I do think the offense gets better. So, yes, I do think he's got a better shot than not at at being the leader at the end of the season. But I, to me, I get Jer's the optimistic one on an island. So call the voicemail line and leave Jer some company if you have. I mean, he literally said 100% chance. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> So based on that, I think the next question here, going back to the Big Ten as a, as a whole, is this drew me very low for Jerry. But the percent chance that Minnesota fin or wins the Big Ten West, Champ, we'll start with you. Uh, seven percent chance. I think you can't say zero because currently they're in first place. They're undefeated. Um, they play Iowa in Kinnick. They host Wisconsin. Those are going to be their two biggest games. For them to win the Big Ten Championship or to win the West, they're probably going to have to win both of those games. And I just don't see that happening. So I think there is a 7% chance of the Gophers winning the West. Okay. Jerry, what do you say? Champ, you said you can't go 0% chance because they're undefeated. But guess what? I'm going 0% <laughs> chance. There's no single way that Minnesota is going to be Penn State, Iowa, and Wisconsin. It's just not going to happen. There's but they, no but that's shot the question. now. The question is winning the West. They don't, and they don't, they don't have to do that, Jerome, because Iowa already has two losses. 
Wisconsin already has a loss, so if they lose to Penn State, they really only have to win one of those two other games to probably represent uh, the West and so the Big Ten So basically you're saying there's a 0% chance they win one of those games. Yes, that's what he just said. That's exactly what I'm saying. In fact, I don't think they're going to be able to beat Northwestern at Northwestern. Wow. I mean, Northwestern's bad. Here comes the fall. There's PJ Fleck in his big pond boat. <laughs> and with his big fucking tie tied underneath his jacket that looks like a fool. He does seem like a good human, though. Respect to him for giving that kid a shot to hold a kick this weekend. I mean, that was a very cool moment. I'll give him that. It was cool. I think, Jerry, you're right. The downfall comes not this week, but the, in two weeks from now. <laughs> you don't believe in Maryland? <laughs> I, I believed in Maryland too much at the beginning of the season to believe any more in them. I would say they have a 5% chance of winning the West. I will give them a little bit of going undefeated is is difficult to do. But at the same time, the teams they have played, I know a lot of people give Iowa garbage in, for tw- in 2015 for their undefeated record. But that schedule was a lot more difficult than Minnesota's schedule to this point of the season. So those people saying that it's Iowa, Iowa fans not giving them credit, the schedule is much softer for Minnesota this, this year around. Yeah, and let's not forget that their first two games, they barely, barely won those games, including one against a D2 opponent. Exactly. And I just think things, as Jer said, things get a lot tougher coming up soon here, and we'll see the true colors of the Gophers coming up here. Next up, team pulling off a huge upset last week, Illinois. What are the chances that they finish the season bowl eligible? They currently are... Three and four, so they need to win three more games the rest of the way versus Purdue, Rutgers, Michigan State, Iowa, and Northwestern to get bowl eligible. What are the percent chances that they win three of those games? Jerry, we'll start with you. I'll give them a 25% chance. It's pretty good. You don't, you don't, it's not, not higher than because I they think they got this win. I think I mean you could definitely build off this win. You have Purdue coming up, but it's at Purdue. That's they're beating up too, and they just got off a loss against Iowa, so they're not gonna really want to lose to an Illinois team. But that game's very winnable. Rutgers, fine, whatever. So it comes down to Michigan State, Iowa, Northwestern. The battle for Chicago, I think that's where it comes down to, obviously. And I just don't know if Lovey has the kind of gall to get him that six win at the end of the season. So Okay, champ, what do you say? I'm a little more optimistic. I'm going to give them a 35% chance wow, of we've winning switched. those six games. I I just look at the schedule. I mean, they I think they go into Purdue this week. Like DC said, they, DC said, they build off this win against Wisconsin. They go into Purdue, get a win. So that gets them to four. They hammer Rutgers the next week at home. That gets them to five. They probably lose both of at Michigan State and at Iowa. So that they're, they're then five and six. But they have Northwestern coming to Champaign. And if they really want to build and they want Lovey to stay there and build something in that program, that's a game they have to win. Northwestern's probably going to be a two or three win team coming into that game. And Illinois has got to win that game at home to get bowl eligible. So I I think it's 35%. I'm not saying it's a guarantee they beat Purdue this week, but I have a good feeling they'd get that job done and then beat Illinois possibly they beat Northwestern possibly at the end of the season. I so have we'll it see. at fifty-five percent, and I think that they beat Purdue. Wow. I think that they beat uh, Rutgers, obviously. 
And I also think there's a real chance they could beat Michigan State. Michigan State's in about to hit chaos. They got blown out by Ohio State. They got blown out by Wisconsin. Now they have to go to play Penn State. There's already so much just chaos around Mark D'Antonio is going to be kind of retiring, forced out, what changes, the team doesn't like each other. Like They're going into just chaos mode. So why can't Illinois come in there and, and pull off another somewhat of an upset? And then they have Northwestern at the end of the year. Northwestern's garbage. I'm sorry. Northwestern's just a bad football team. That's four that's four chances to win three games that they should have actual chances to win. That's exactly I mean, why I was going to beat that ass this weekend. I mean, you're not wrong with the Michigan State thing. I would feel a lot more comfortable if that game was not on the road. For, I that's think fair. Brandon Peters going to Michigan State, having to take on that D-line and that defense as a whole is going to be pretty difficult for him. But it's not a game that they guarantee are going to lose. So I... I see your point that it's you know four good opportunities to get three wins. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a real possibility. All right, next up, let's get back to the Hawkeyes. The chances that Michael Ojemudie leads the Big Ten in interceptions. He's currently, I believe, as I lost my spot here in my stats, tied or one behind the, the currently with two interceptions. Champ, what do you say? Ah. Uh... I think it's pretty low because I that that we've seen it this year that teams just aren't really throwing at Ojemudier. They're going to the opposite side of the field, whether it's Hankins or now maybe Riley Moss. I mean, they're going to that side of the field and they're just not throwing at Ojemudier. So I'm gonna put it at a fifteen percent chance that he leads the Big Ten in interception. Okay, he's currently two behind the lead. Jerry, what do you say? Um, I'm gonna put it at a fifty-two point five percent chance. And here's the reason why. So, Iowa only has five interceptions this season. Last year, they finished with 20. I think the secondary, which right now, based on these game notes, is 22nd in the nation as far as passing defense. I think this is a legit team. They haven't had many opportunities. I think the opportunities are going to start coming as soon as this week with Northwestern trying to throw the ball. They're going to put the ball in the air. I think Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska are going to be prone to putting the ball in the air. And that's only good things. Now, does it come to Ojemudia's way or does it go to a guy like Geno Stone or does it guy go to a guy like Riley Moss who should have had two picks this past weekend? I don't know, but I think the opportunities to pick off more passes and get that total number up to the around that closer to that 20 mark than it is right now, I think they're coming. Jerry thinks the passing offense is going to just take off and the passing defense is going to start tr- turning the ball over like crazy. I'm telling you guys, this Iowa team is elite. They ran into two teams that are very good at defense. They struggled offensively. I'm not going to bail them out on that. Relax but this, with that elite word. That this is an elite team for a Kirk Ferentz coached Iowa team. I'm going to echo that, I, but I think – that you're not going to get the turnovers. You can still be elite without forcing turnovers. And I think for whatever, a champ brought the champ with the nail on the head. They're not throwing Oji Moody's way for him to have the opportunity to, to get those interceptions. So it's going to be really low. I think it's got like 10% chance of this happening. But to me, Jerry, you, you've hit the nail on the head. This defense is still elite. I don't know if they're going to have the interception chances. Sometimes you need playmakers who are just, you know, ball hawks. But it doesn't mean you can't be good at defense. But some of these stats, I mean, we haven't gone over them. They're fifth country, fifth in the country in scoring defense, eighth in rushing defense, and tenth in total defense in the whole country. I mean, that alone. The defense is elite. Jerry didn't say that, though. He said the Iowa team is elite. So if he wants to encompass the entire team, that's a false statement. 
They're not elite, bro. They lost to their t the two best teams they've played on their schedule they lost to. So that cannot be an elite team until you prove otherwise. It's coming. He's not wrong. But to me, defensively, I just think that they're good as a unit. The, the sum of the parts is greater than the individual, whatever the hell that saying is. That's all fair. Let me rephrase. This is an elite defense. The offense should also be there with them, and they have not done so, and that's why we've lost two games. But this defense is one of the most, if not the most, elite defense under the in the Kirk Ferentz era right now. Better? That's a more appropriate and true statement than the entire team is elite because they're not. All right. Well, we got a question about the offense maybe figuring things out here. We'll take a qu short break and we'll be right back. All right. We are back. Jer was kind of hitting the expectations of the Iowa offense to match the elite level of the defense so far. So next up, the chance that Iowa finishes over with over 100 yards rushing every game the rest of the season. Jer, Mr. Elite Offense, what are the chances there? It needs to be 100%, but I'm going to put this. They're definitely going on against Northwestern. They're definitely going to do it against Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska. So that leaves the Wisconsin game. And again, that's going to be the game that's going to decide whether or not I was going to go to the Big Ten West, in my opinion. So I want to put this at a, I'm going to say a 66% chance. Because I think Iowa can do this in every single game they have coming up. But if they cannot do it against Wisconsin, they're more than likely going to lose that game. That is just what the stats say. And the sample size is big enough now to kind of justify it. So go ahead and show me, Brian. This is the time to do it. I'm believing again. You've talked me back into it. I don't know how. You don't even speak. 66% chance that Iowa's going to do it. Okay, champ, what do you say? Uh, I'm going to put it at a 50-50 shot. Honestly, I think they're... They didn't show me enough this week running the ball. Yes, they ran the ball well at the end of this game, but I still think that interior of the Iowa offensive line is is not very good right now. So if you're not blocking in the interior to run the ball, it's going to be hard to rush for 100 yards every game. So I will put it at a 50-50 shot. I hope it's every game because they need to run the ball. They need to have balance, but... Right now, I just don't have the confidence in that interior offensive line. Yes, I think the the total number of runs compared to passes will be there, the, the, that quantity. But I'm with you, champ. I'm thinking it's a 55% chances around there as well. Um, but to your point, it, the interior of the offensive line, but I also think the play calling isn't, isn't helping. They're trying to run too much out of predictable formations and predictable sets. The defenses are just overloading and, sh and being aggressive. And, is, and trying to attack what seems like obvious run plays, and they're guessing right. Until the offense kind of switches things up and becomes a little bit more unpredictable out of formations and sets, the run game is going to struggle. I mean, it doesn't matter they, who the running back is. They really need to start playing Makai and Tyler Goodson in the same type of offense. And at the same time, it was something that's been going on on Twitter. You need, when defenses are guessing and just being aggressively shooting gaps in the gap blocking scheme, you need a running back who can break, who can ooze fast. The only guy on the, on the running back stable right now is Tyler Goodson. So he either needs to play a whole lot more to take and, and make the over aggressiveness hurt opposing defenses, or they need to completely change up formations and personnel sets to have any success running the football right now. I think you're forgetting that Makai did get a little bit of his wiggle back this week. He does seem a little bit more healthy. I think he was down and out. I'm not saying Makai does have that. I'm not, but he's not as he's not as explosive as Goodson. 
No, I'm not oh, saying explosive, but and, he has the ability so to break tackles point, and shimmy shake. The to point get extra. being is when when defenses are are being are overly aggressively shooting the gaps, you needed that guy who can quickly <coughs> on a dime, cha- like flip the field to take a cutback and just shoot up the open hole that was vacated by the team being over aggressive. And Goodson's Ooh, the only guy. Tyler Goodson needs about 15 touches a game yes, at, at a minimum. Absolutely, he does. And then they if he if he can get. If you can guarantee me, let's say Tyler Goodson gets not even 15, if he can get 12 carries a game, if you can guarantee me that, then I would say it's closer to an 85% chance that they can do this every game. 12 carries, three or four catches. You get Makai about around 10 touches total. Yeah, I don't see how I wasn't successful doing that because then Torin gets about six to eight touches too. I agree. And then Brady Ross will get his two or three. I don't. He shouldn't get any, but that's beside the point. Fullback assist. Fullback <laughs> assist only. Um, all right. Next up, we talked about Michigan. Fullbacks State. are hot. We talked about Michigan State being chaos. What are the chances that Mark D'Antonio retires at the end of the year? Champ, we'll start with you. I think this is very high. I'm not going to go 100, percent but I think it's 82. percent I I really do. I think it's it's about that time for Mark to just step down. Because they're not playing well. I mean, he, he then kind of maintains his legacy as the Michigan State coach, even though I don't think it's all that great to begin with, but everybody else seems to think so. So I think it. I think it's about 82%. I think it's a time for him to step down before he gets canned. Because, honestly, if they go, say, 5-7 and seven this year, 6-6, six and six, and they have another year like that next year, and then that's three straight years of subpar performances – he might get canned after next season. So if before he has to get fired, I think he's going to resign and sail off into the sunset after this season. All right. Or Jerry, what do you say? Yeah, I think it's about a 50-50 shot. The Penn State game's probably not going to go very well this weekend for them. But then probably. after the, <laughs> more than likely is not going to go well for them. So, the, But the rest of the schedule, like, they finish off with Illinois at Michigan, which is a big-time game. Like, you can't really just chalk up that Michigan's going to win that one. That one's always a little bit frisky and weird. And then you have at Rutgers and Maryland. Like, Michigan State should be able to beat those teams. That's about a seven- or eight-win season. Then he goes to a bowl game. Like, I don't I just think that that's about the Mark D'Antoni way at this point. And did I fucking do it again? Did I say his name wrong? Yes, you did. <laughs> Every week. I NBA think that's why you both want for us, folks. So you guys can stop mispronouncing his name. <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, I mean 100% chance week, I so. will continue to get his name wrong until he retires. I think it's probably a 65% chance that he's he's out the door. I think he's a loyal guy. He's very like very loyal by default. And so instead of making changes this this past season, he just reshuffled his coaching staff around. It didn't work. So now he's got more pressure and I still don't think he wants to fire anybody, so I think he's just going to walk away. He's going to be one of those guys who won't get rid of the, his assistant coaching staff around him. And he'll fall. He'll take the fall with them, so that he's not left having to completely rebuild his entire staff. All right, real quick. Yep, next, I can see that for sure. Real quick, two more. Get through, the, get through these quick. Penn State wins the Big Ten East. Uh, Jerry, what are your percent chance there? Fifty-fifty shot. It's gonna come down to Ohio State weekend. Okay, Champ. What do you say? Seven percent shot. I'll give him the same. You shot love seven percent. I, I like that seven percent number. I, Ohio State is far and beyond the best team in the East. They get to they host that game against Penn State. They're gonna beat them. I'm sorry, Jerome. I like Penn State as well, but they're not. They're going into the shoe and winning. 
Ohio State's fun, but like Penn State's are like a Ohio State's like an NFL team fun, or like a team that like they're like an SEC team fun, but Penn State's like a Big Ten team fun. Some some wouldn't say that's very fun. Um, well, I'll put that thirty three percent, and I think Penn State's offense is just very much all or nothing. And when they're nothing, which I think that's unfortunately going to happen with against Ohio State, they're not going to be able to score enough points to to stay with them. So I I think it's thirty three percent. Just look at the second half of that Michigan game. The Penn State's offense disappeared for the majority of that second half. They controlled the game in the first half, and then all of a sudden they didn't do anything in the second half. And if they have not even a half, if they have a quarter like that against Ohio State, Ohio State's going to blow them out. I mean, that you can't have an entire half of non-production from your offense against a team like Ohio State. It'll be a blowout. I'm excited for this game because I really want to see if KJ Hamler is the fastest guy on that field. Because he shouldn't be, but I think he is. He might be. He's, He's so unbelievably fast. Not only is he fast, but the the shiftiness that he has. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's an incredible player. He's one of my favorite players to watch, not only in the Big Ten, but in the nation. Agreed. All right, real quick. Are, are all of our Big Ten playoff contenders, are all that's left are Ohio State and Penn State for all of us after Wisconsin's loss? No, no I put, I'm I putting Iowa lost. back in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They have two losses. They're not playoff contenders. I'm just kidding. All right. So, yeah, no, those are probably the only two left for each of us. So, let's get into the Northwestern preview. Let's preview this game with a couple more percentages that I, I kind of pulled here. The percent chance that Pat Fitzgerald lobbied the Big Ten to get the extra day of prep before the Iowa game this week. Jerry, we'll start with you. A hundred percent chance. This guy, I, I was on Instagram yesterday flipping through, and there was another thing of somebody saying, like, would you rather your kids give up Instagram or Twitter? And he said, I wish my kids would put their damn phones down. Like, he's such a curmudgeon. He's just so rude. I don't like anything about him, and I can't wait for him to see look at the, the scoreboard this weekend at home and see a big 45 spot on the scoreboard for Iowa. <laughs> Champ, what do you say? I mean, there's really nothing I could add to that that would make it any better. That was a perfect statement there by Jerome. It's a 100% chance that he did this. He's an absolute curmudgeon. It should be his fucking middle name because that's exactly what Pat Fitzgerald is. I will say it's also 100%. Do I have some sources close to Northwestern that have confirmed to me in the past that when it's Iowa week, Pat Fitzgerald is a different human being around the facility. So I do know for a fact that even it's I know it's a fan thing about how much he hates Iowa, but I've confirmed that he has extra set of eyes. So a hundred percent if he was given the opportunity to play a Friday night Big Ten game, he wanted it to be Ohio State so that he had the week an extra day to prepare for for Iowa. One million percent. All right, next up we got some injury news during the game versus Purdue. Brandon Smith left the game late with an injury, so uh Oliver Martin would assume you would get he would get into the game this week against Northwestern, but he is yet to crack the two deep this week. So, but the percent chance Oliver Martin leads the team in receiving this week, Jerry, what do you say? Can I do a negative percentage? <laughs> no, that's not how percentages work. I'm so, like, just think about all the time that we wasted. Like, any Oliver Martin news left today? Free Oliver Martin. Hashtag free Oliver Martin. Hashtag it's Oliver Martin day. What a waste of time. This guy, of course, was too good to be true. And here he is just rotting away at Iowa's bench. I don't understand why. And nobody's going to say why. But this is Amir Smith-Marset's team. Tyrone Tracy's already filled in for Brandon Smith. Nico Regani seems to have a big-time trust with Nate Stanley. And Oliver Martin's the odd guy out. Hey, I... Don't think you're wrong, champ. What do you say? 
I'll put it at a 3% chance because maybe he gets Not in seven? playing time. And if he it's gets in there, who knows? Maybe he has a big game. But, yeah, it's it's clear – for some reason, he's not. They're not playing him, so it's hard for a guy to be your leading receiver if he doesn't even get any playing time. And he got zero snaps last week. I understand Brandon Smith is out this week, so maybe he gets a little more of an opportunity. But I just don't see it. I, I don't understand it either. He should get some playing time, but for whatever reason, he is not. I, I think it's a bit. Cons- Sorry, DC. No, go ahead, Jer. I'm just saying it's a bit concerning that this guy, if it's if he can't play because of the playbook, that's a big problem. That's why I think it's I think it's more it's probably an injury thing. I think he got nicked up at the end of training camp, and I just don't think he's right yet. But I do think his skill set would kind of be something that this offense could use in the middle of the field, down the deep side of the field, and over the middle, where you got he's not as big as Brandon Smith or Amir Smith Marset. So he's kind of that shifty guy who can take things up the seam. He kind of would be perfect for what this offense is lacking right now. He really would. I mean, it would be a great addition to, just like you said, DC, just to take a little pressure off these other guys as well. Like, come on. Like, I mean, he deserves to at least get some snaps. I mean, it's ridiculous that they're not playing him at Well, all. and that's why I think it's an injury thing. Yeah. Well, do you think there's any chance that well, – t- he hasn't redshirted, right? With Michigan, did he ever redshirt? Yes, he did. I thought he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, well, then there goes that. <laughs> All right, what is your guys' key to beating Northwestern? Jerry, you have Iowa just crushing them this week, so what's the key for that, for this to happen? Score points. That's the, the only key. Score some fucking points because the defense is going to shut this shit down. But what makes you think that they're just going to score points this week? Like what has you so optimistic? I'm so confused. My heart. Okay, but it's definitely not logic, heart. I'll tell you that. When Nate's calling for you. That's all. That's it. I don't have a reason. I just continuously believe and I believe and I believe and I think that Nate Stanley is good enough to go out to Northwestern and just smoke these guys. I mean, I just, A, don't know how you've ever, like, you've seen Northwestern games in the past. What makes you think we're just going to smoke them? Because this team really sucks. Yeah, but they they kept Wisconsin close. Yeah, well, we're better than Wisconsin. Okay. (laughs) Champ. I know I'm not rational about it. There's no point in asking me. I don't know why. I just feel that way. Okay, well, Champ, what's your key to, to beating Northwestern this week? My key to this game is to feed Amir Smith-Marset early and often and continuously get him the ball. He's Iowa's best player on offense. They need to do exactly what Purdue did last week. I know Purdue didn't win the game, but they force-fed their best receiver. He had 200 yards of offense. This is a game where Amir Smith-Marset should have somewhere like nine catches, a buck 75 and two touchdowns. There's no reason why he shouldn't do this. The Northwestern secondary is not good. Their defense as a whole is everybody touted them to be this, you know, pretty good unit and they haven't done shit all year. So Iowa's offense needs to force feed Amir, knock Northwestern out of this game early. They don't want to they they don't want to play in any of these games. They're getting destroyed in a lot of these games. Put your fucking foot on their throats in the first half and make them not want to play. 
Get the crowd on your side because we know it's going to be a pro-Iowa crowd in Evanston. It always is. There's going to be 65 70% Iowa fans. You get on them early and often, and you put this game away in the first half, and you don't have to worry about the fluky shit that happens when you play Northwestern. If you're up 28 to nothing going into the third quarter, you don't have to worry about any of that. You play your bet. You rest some guys in the second half, and you get this easy, what should be easy W. Sounds like champ thinks Ryan Pace is going to be back in the stands this week in Evanston <laughs> and wanting, watching Nate Stanley to get a future Bear quarterback. Oh God! Don't please don't mention the Bears to me right now. They make me sick to my stomach. No, I think the key is it, the offense has to figure something out. That needs to go back to what it was the non-conference when they were putting up yards in bunches. The Rutgers game, just something to kind of give the fan base a little breath of fresh air. I, I wrote it for Fan Pulse this week, but one win just shot the confidence rankings right back up. I went, I fans went from thirty-three percent confident in the program to sixty-nine nice percent. Con- Confident nice. in the program with just a win over Purdue when the offense was still very lackluster and still very frustrating to watch. So just give me something give me something to build on and get more excited about for this offense going forward this week. It's a bad team. Good teams take care of bad teams. Do that this week, please. All right, guys, let's get some picks to wrap things up this week. We are recording this on Monday this week, before, so we're very early. So lines might lines may change by the time this actually comes out. But at the time of recording, we'll uh, we'll start things off with Illinois at Purdue. Illinois, if I can find this, I find this game. I'm on the wrong week. Hang on. Illinois at Purdue. Purdue is an eight point favorite. Champ, who do you got? I like Illinois in this game. I think they can win this game outright. I like getting over a touchdown. Purdue, yes, they were fine last week against Iowa. I think their defense played probably their best game of the year, whether that was Iowa's offense or Purdue's defense. I think Illinois is going to be able to run the ball against Purdue. Anybody really should. Iowa didn't really last week for some reason, but that's another point. But I think Illinois can win this game outright, so give me the eight points. All right, Jerry, what do you say? Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the points as well, but I think Purdue does win this game. I think David Bell has himself a big-time game. They're going to force-feed him again and again and again. And he's I think so damn good. He's David so Bell. good. It would have been nice to use in Iowa City. I'll take Illinois in the points as well. I think I'm with Champ. I think Illinois wins outright. Next up, Liberty at Rutgers. I wasn't going to put this game on there, but guess what? Liberty's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. So, <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Chair, who do you have? <laughs> oh god i i'm gonna take the points at Rutgers. I, just, I don't know anything about liberty and i don't care to but if Rutgers loses this one they should really honestly get kicked out of the conference liberty is five and two on the season Rutgers is one and six champ who do you got well that's a problem oh liberty it's not even a question i mean the Rutgers is i think Rutgers is the worst team in college football i mean they're so fucking horrible they're an embarrassment to our conference, and they should be relegated. Just kick them the fuck out because they're so <laughs> bad. But I'd rather have Liberty in the Big Ten than Rutgers. Rutgers and Northwestern have not led in a Big Ten football game yet this season. I'm going to take Liberty Where? as well. Where is Liberty? Probably Massachusetts. Yeah, I think you're right. Someone look that up. Next up, Maryland at Minnesota. Minnesota is a 17-point favorite at home versus the versus the Terps. I'm going to take Minnesota on the points. Champ, who do you got? 
I'm taking Minnesota two minus the seventeen. Sorry, I think they're just yeah, they're just a lot better team than Maryland, and I they're at home. They they're just, I mean they're undefeated, so they got to get some love. Yeah, that's I'm also giving the points, not taking the points, because if I was getting seventeen points, it's a no brainer. Jerry, what do you got? Uh, Liberty's in Virginia, no. and I'm going to go ahead and take Maryland this week, and I think this is going to be Minnesota's Illinois game. Maryland's going to come out, and the offense is going to be on fire for the first time in many, many weeks, and we're going to say bye-bye to the old Gophers. Bye-bye to the old Gophers. All right, next up, Indiana's going to Lincoln to take Nebraska. Indiana opened as a two-point favorite, but now we are already back down to Nebraska being a one-point favorite at home versus Indiana. Who would have thunk it? Uh, Jerry, who do you got? Us. Uh, I'm taking Indiana. All right. <laughs> Champ, who do you got? I like Indiana as well. This game, whether it's, you know, three points either way, I think Indiana wins this game. So, Nebraska, that's pretty pathetic coming into the year with this these high expectations. And Indiana is a road favorite in Lincoln. Wow. Well, they're now they're now a road underdog, but they open as a road favorite. I'll take Indiana as well. Since the big time games this week, Notre Dame going to Michigan. Notre Dame's a or sorry, Michigan's a one point favorite at home versus the Irish. Champ, who you got? I like the Irish in this game. They're coming off a bye week. Michigan played a, an absolutely emotional, huge game at Penn State. They nearly came back and won that game. It took. I think it's going to take a lot out of them having to come back and play a good Notre Dame team this week that's fresh, coming off a bye. I like Notre Dame to win this game by about 10 points. Jay, what about you? Champ, I think I agree with you. I think Michigan's got too much adversity right now going on for them to be able to handle. The whole entire campus, it seems like, attacked that poor kid that dropped that pass, too, and the father People, had to step. First of all, that's a good point you made. People need to be better. I mean, this is a college athlete that dropped a pass, and you're literally going to send him death threats on Twitter and all this other shit. It's fucking honestly embarrassing. Like, get it together, America, and specifically Michigan fans. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that, like, this dude's not getting paid millions and millions of dollars as a job. Like, I know he's on scholarship. And, yes, he should have caught that ball. But, like, for fuck's sake, I'm sure you screw up in your job all the time. And nobody's exactly. tweeting at you. It's ridiculous. I hate it. I don't like that people do it, but I think this is too much for Michigan to handle. I think Notre Dame is a really good football team, a complete football team, and I think the bye week to prepare and watch the game tape from Iowa to watch the game tape from what happened this weekend at Penn State puts Notre Dame on top. I'm with you. I also would be disowned if I didn't take Notre Dame, so I'm taking Notre Dame. That's true. <laughs> as well. You've also taken Indiana every week, by the way. I have or you have? No, you have. Well, I also have family at Indiana, so I will be disowned for That's that. what I'm too. saying. All right, next I up, Wisconsin's going to – or sorry, Penn State going to Michigan State. We'll do this one first. Penn State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Jer, who do you got? Penn State's going to win this by, I want to say, 23 points. That's a lot of points, but I don't disagree. Champ, what do you say? I like Penn State. I don't know. Every week it seems like whenever Michigan State is playing that they're, like, getting all this respect with points. Like, we, we said it a couple weeks ago against – Ohio State and Ohio State manhandled them. Then Wisconsin manhandled them. And I think Penn State's going to do the same thing. I do as well. Give me Penn State. All right, Wisconsin's going to Ohio State. Wisconsin, Ohio State's a 14-point favorite versus Wisconsin. Ooh. Champ, who do you got? 
It's way too high. I mean, I understand Wisconsin lost to Illinois last week, but they're still a very good team. I think they cover this spread. I do think Ohio State wins this game, but 14 points is way too high. I agree, but uh, Jay, what do you say? I do also agree. This is a disrespectful number right now. Wisconsin's too good to let this slip away from them to that point. I could see Ohio State going up maybe 21, and then you get a little bit of like a backdoor cover at the end there for Wisconsin. But they're definitely losing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you guys. That's way too high, and I, I think Ohio State wins, but I think Wisconsin definitely covers this game. The, the thing, like, Ohio State's looked really good, but they really haven't played anybody that difficult. All season long. Yet. Oh, now you want to use that argument? I no, no, no. and the, that no, unbelievable. I still think they're a good team, but a fourteen point fa- fourteen point line against a team that was just in the top ten a week ago—that's disrespectful. I'm it with is. you, but they're and they're a great team, DC, not just a good team. That's fair, but I'm also thinking Wisconsin's just is a good team as well. They're not going to go down by two touchdowns. Yeah, no, they. I I could see like a thirty-one twenty-one type, of, you know, finish for Ohio State. Yes, something like that. All right, next up. I also honestly wouldn't be shocked if Wisconsin won this game. I mean, I know Ohio State's great. It wouldn't completely shock me if Wisconsin went in there and won this game. I I'd, I'd be kind of shocked. It would me, shock me, but I it, it would be actually really shocking. All right, but let's, let's wrap things up here. Iowa at Northwestern. Iowa's a 10.5-point favorite as we're recording this on Monday night. Jer, you have them winning, putting up 45 points. Is this an easy cover? Easy cover. This is a disrespectful line, too, in my opinion. <laughs> There's nothing in this season that's Northwestern showing you that they're just going to keep this thing that close, especially the considering that their shitty offense has to go up against an elite Kirk Ferentz defense. I said it correctly this time, champ, just for you. Yes, I do think that this is the game that Iowa finally gets everything back on track. Nate Stanley does have this first of many up-and-coming touchdown-throwing games. The offense is going to the offensive line is going to solidify themselves again. Running game is going to be great. This one's an easy, easy win from start to finish. Champ, what do you say? Everything in your mind says that Iowa should just go in there and manhandle Northwestern. But we know how this game goes every year. It's always ugly. Northwestern, like, plays up to, for some reason, just, like, whether it's Pat Fitzgerald or whatever the hell it is, they always, like, play their best game of the year. So, fuck, you know, I'm going to take Northwestern plus the 10.5. Oh, no. I I think Iowa still wins this game, but I just – I can't bring myself to say Iowa's going to go in there and kill them because – I just don't see it happening. It's this game every year. DC has been talking about this for weeks, that it just is ugly. And for some reason, it's an ugly game. I see Iowa winning like 24 to 20 or like 17 to 13, something like that. And it's just not going to be pretty, but they're going to get the win. But I would take Northwestern in the 10 and a half. Champ, that's an amazing reverse jinx because you're going to be in attendance. I appreciate and approve. You know what? So, yeah, I have to do what I got to do. The last four football games I've been at have all been Bears losses, so I need something to happen to be more positive for me. I'm going to get back to that point in a second here, but the same reason that I think Iowa has a chance versus Wisconsin is the same reason I think Northwestern's going to stick around and make this a game very annoying on Saturday. I think Iowa wins. I think Iowa covers. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a four-field goal Keith Duncan game, 12 to nothing will be your final score. 
And we will all we will all be back here next week just thinking, hey, well, we won. But, Champ, I swear to God, if Iowa loses this game, you are never allowed to go to another football game that any of us like ever again. Well, good news is that I'm not only going to the Iowa game on Saturday, but I am going to the Bears game the following day. So And the following have, Sunday after that. And I'm going to Philly to visit my beautiful friend Jerome <laughs> with D.C. to see the Bears game. So, I mean, it's got to eventually <laughs> – come around and I got to see some victories. I mean, you would think, right? It's the law of averages. If you're going to have a team keep losing, just let it be the Bears at this point. <laughs> I mean, I I would agree that I would much rather have Iowa win this game than the Bears win. But uh, can we get both? Would that be nice? Can that happen? Oh, not with you in attendance. It seems, it seems skeptical. Let's just, let's just get one win before we ask for a clean sweep on the weekend. Yeah, that's true. One at a time, baby. One at a time. All right, guys. Anything else before we wrap things up this week? No. Let's just go into Northwestern and not have to sweat this out and fucking hammer. All right. Please. All right. Well, guys, reminder to subscribe to the show wherever you guys get your podcasts. Leave a voicemail on the voicemail line this week, 224-661-0909. If you're an optimist like Jerry, leave him some company. If you're more realist like me and Champ, Give us some of your actual thoughts during the game as this ugly, ugly game is likely to have play out. But follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, at Dave Cray. And we'll talk to you guys again next week, hopefully after another Iowa win. Go Hawks. Go Hawks, baby. Go Hawks. Trick or treat, Iowa City. <laughs> if you don't love it, leave it. USA, number one. <laughs>